you don't cry enough. Let me tell you, you don't cry enough. Now, some of you are thinking, no, you're right, I, I hardly ever cry. Um, but maybe you're thinking, I don't want to cry that often. Some of you are thinking, uh, you don't know me, I cry all the time. I cry at any kind of film. Uh, I cry when I watch reality TV. I cry when I watch Gogglebox. That's not the crying I'm talking about. I'm talking about lament. I'm talking about deep cry. When deep cries out to deep, you don't cry enough. I don't cry enough. We don't cry. It's not about tears necessarily. It's about a depth of cry that comes out from us when we pray in a way that just sort of reaches God in a way that we don't normally connect with him. And usually it's the big events in life that make us get there. But actually there's reason to lament all this to all the time. And it's a route to wholeness, to healing, because if we process what's actually going on in our lives. That's what we're talking about today, the Psalms of Lament. And we've just heard uh, Psalm 13. Um, and there's loads of great Psalms of Lament um, that we can choose from when we go through the Psalms. In fact, there's a huge number of them because the writers of the Psalms knew how important it was to help people journey from pain into God, into healing and into trust in God. Um, I'm sitting on a bench in York Cemetery. My dad's buried here. I've done a lot of lament here. Uh, dad died 12 years ago, which seems crazy now that it's so long ago. Um, I was a young man-ish and I didn't know, I was in my 20s, I didn't know what was going on. Uh, it was a surprise, it was, uh, he, my dad got cancer, uh, we didn't see it coming and he lived for six, seven months after uh, we first heard about his cancer. It was difficult, painful and uh, we had to do so much lament and grief. Um, and so I've sat here many times in this garden, in this uh, graveyard. If you've never been to York Cemetery, I recommend coming. It's a wild cemetery, so it's not one of your regular uh, ones where everything's really regimented and in order, if you know what I mean. It's, uh, they let the trees grow, they let wild flowers grow, they let there's bees and loads of butterflies. Um, it's kind of, it's wild. So recommend walking around it if you live in York. Um, but we need to lament more as a church. And if you are a follower of Jesus today, you need to lament more because he did it. If you are not a follower of Jesus yet, let me interest you in lament because it's not just grumbling. It's not feeling sorry for ourselves. It's not pity. Lament is honesty, it's integrity, and it takes us to a place with God where he's like, oh, good, you're being honest. I've been here waiting for you the whole time. I know how you feel. Come on, say it. He invites us to say it. But so often in our culture now, you get fake positivity or fake optimism where people feel they need to just be positive the whole time and keep going and keep just keep going, keep going. Um, keep on keeping on 
That sort of stuff makes me want to vomit, if I'm really honest. Having journeyed through uh, serious ill health myself, I had cancer, my dad died, um, and a number of good friends have also had serious illnesses or have died. Um, I know that we need to lament. And it's not easy. My personality wants to run away from that. I want to just have fun, uh, mess about, uh, make people laugh. But I know that that doesn't help us get anywhere. And I know that you just can't muster up a fake positivity. In order to find peace, contentment and true hope, we need to journey with our lament, our honesty into God. And Jesus brings hope in that place. Um, it's not all about death either and ill health. There's all sorts of things we can lament about and we're going to see that as we go through um, this talk. It's probably just that that's the big pain in my life that I have walked through personally. Um, but there's all sorts of things where we look and we think that isn't right and it ignites a sense of justice within us when we take that to God. The first verse of Psalm 13 was, how long, Lord, how long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? Jesus echoes these words on the cross. Like, where have you gone? Have you forsaken me? Sometimes we feel like that, don't we? God, where are you? Honestly, where are you, God? Like, wake up and get honest with him sometimes. You know how we can just pray prayers because you feel like you've got to go, God, thanks for being amazing and you're really brilliant and you're amazing and glorious. And if, if you're honest with yourself, that is not how you feel about God. You're like, where are you? I hardly ever hear from you. These things have happened in my life which are not okay, by the way, and you don't seem to have done anything about that and I don't know why. So... Go to God with those things. Bring your honesty. Say it. Say it. He can take it on the chin. He's not going to be troubled by you saying you think he's let you down. He's like, come on, bring it on. It's almost like sparring, spiritual sparring. You know, he's kind of like, come on, I, I want to have this interaction. Don't hold back. Don't mince your words and say what you think you have to say. You don't have to say those things. You can be totally honest with God. So how, how do you feel? Where do you feel let down? Where do you have a sense of injustice that something has happened to a loved one, a person that you love, or maybe to you, maybe it's a job situation, maybe it's something at work, maybe it's a way that a family member has treated you or somebody that was a friend that you have lost. Tell him about it. He knows already. Lament when things don't seem right. Because guess what? They probably don't seem right to him either. But he might have a perspective to give you on it, which you will never receive if you just keep telling him how amazing he is, even when you don't feel really like that. You know, um, pain is such a huge thing, isn't it? We are all affected by pain in different ways. The world is not right, is it? There's so many things in this world that are just not right. They're just not right. They're unjust. There's children being sold into slavery. There is abject poverty even in this country where you would have thought that things might have been better. What is it that really 
deeply in your soul, in your belly, just riles you, that, ma that makes you wound up, makes you want to go to God in prayer and say, if you could do something about this, why haven't you done it? But we've all got prayer in our, we've all got pain in our life that needs addressing. And the truth is, unless we address that pain, unless we process it, unless we go through a process with God, with that pain, it will shape you in a way that you don't want it to do. It will, it will affect you. It will chisel your personality. And sometimes you see this with people who are uh, a bit older, maybe not always older, but who've gone through pain and who have not chosen to process their pain. Um, and they're just so affected by it. There's a great phrase from Richard Rohr, unless you transform your pain, you will transmit it. Unless you let God transform your pain in your life, you will just transmit it to others. And there's so many people transmitting pain to other people because they've not really done the work. They've not lamented with their pain. They've not gone to him and gone through a process. So many of the Psalms go through a process. They don't leave you in the same place. You start somewhere with honesty. Usually there's a, like a, a journey where he the Psalmist begins somewhere probably quite low and then gradually reaches a place where he's able to praise God and declare his trust in God in spite of ridiculously difficult circumstances. So those, that process has to happen for us. Otherwise, uh, we remain broken people. If we don't have a language of lament, if we only have a language of praise, we forget about justice. That's how important it is. We'll forget about justice. And God is interested in our thoughts on justice. He asks for it. He, said it's our, he actually said it's our worship. It's what he wants us to bring him our sense of justice and working with him to put this world right in the way that the kingdom of God is going to be. Verse 2 says, how long will my enemy triumph over me? We need to say to God, this isn't right. I've not lost my sense of justice here. Why am I being downtrodden? What, maybe it's in your mental health. Why is my soul downtrodden? Why do I feel like this, Lord? I don't want to be here. This doesn't seem good. You came to give me fullness of life and that's not what I'm experiencing. Tell him about that. God, if you had been here, is another prayer as well, isn't it? If only you had been here. That's something that Mary and Martha say uh, when their brother Lazarus has died. If only you'd been here, he never would have died. We forget to say this. Jesus, this doesn't seem right. It's, there's a kind of compassion that flows from us if we will let it. It's almost like a gut-wrenching, a belly ache. And it is more of a belly thing than a heart thing or a head thing. It's not so much a cognitive process and it's not so much a sentimental uh, or emotional thing. It is like a gut reaction justice, isn't it, sometimes? And it's like it comes from our bellies. Well, the word uh, for compassion that's used in the New Testament is splagnosomai. Splagnosomai. <laughs> How many attempts can you have at a word? Quite a few if it's a word like that. Splagnosomai. And this means to let one's innards embrace the feelings or situation of another person. To let your insides feel the person or the situation that you're connecting to. That's what compassion is. 
And so many times, uh, Jesus has compassion. And in the Gospels, it says Jesus had compassion on them. What it, that word means, his belly went out to them. His insides felt and sensed what they were feeling and sensing. He connected with them. He had empathy on an inward level, like he really got them. What's the situation that you feel like that about? What really gets you a gut wrench? What is it that makes you feel, oh, this isn't right? Um, my boss at the moment, Rich, uh, his daughter, Lauren, is 13 and she has had a brain tumour removed and is having chemotherapy and radiotherapy. That isn't right. Now, it's not right when anybody has cancer. I don't mean that. But when a 13-year-old girl is in that situation, she already had cancer, completely unconnected when she was a young girl, like three, two or three. That is not right. And that gets my gut. So in prayer, I lament about that. And I say, how long until you heal? Why is this the case? Jesus, why have you let this happen? Why have you not defended her? Why have you not protected them? These are the prayers we need to pray. They come from our gut. Scripture is full of lament. So many. Let me just read you a few of them. You'll know them maybe quite well. When Jesus is on the cross, Matthew 27, 46, it says this. About three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice. Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the generic word he uses for God as well. It's the only time he says that, as opposed to my father. He uses just general deity, God. He feels abandoned. So he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why has this happened? But he knew why, didn't he? He knew why. He got the bigger picture, but he processed his lament. How about in Psalm 61? Oh God, listen to my cry. Hear my prayer from the ends of the earth. I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Is your heart overwhelmed about anything? Cry to God. Psalm 61 goes on. Lead me to the towering rock of safety where you are my refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Is that where you'd like to be? Would you, do you feel vulnerable right now? Would you, do you need safety? So tell him, I need your safety. I, I can't fake this confidence. I need your safety. I can't get it from anywhere else and I don't want it from anywhere else. I need your towering fortress to rescue me. I need to be in your arms. So ask him for it. Judges 6 verse 7, this is so important. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent them a prophet. He heard them. God always hears our cries. Psalm 50, verse 15. And call on me in the day of trouble, says the Lord. Okay, so this is God saying, this is what to do if you're in trouble, right? So we want to listen up because we always find ourselves in trouble. He says, this is what to do in trouble. He says, and call on me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you. And, will, and you will honour me. So that's what we need to do. Call on him. Psalm 9 verse 12. 
He does not ignore the cries of the afflicted. He doesn't ignore them. You are heard. If you are lamenting, if you are in pain, if you are afflicted, cry out to him. He cannot fail to hear you. Hebrews 5 verse 7 also says this, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petition with fervent cries and tears, he lamented, to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. So he submitted to God, but he cried out and God heard him. Finally, uh, Lamentations. I mean, for goodness sake, how much hints do we need? There's an entire book called Lamentations. It's all about lamenting. (laughs) And so are so many of the Psalms. We spend so much time talking about stuff that the Bible doesn't say a lot about and forget to look at what it really speaks about. And it speaks about lament loads. Because I guess the writers of the Bible knew how crucial that was to our souls. Lamentations 2, 18 to 19 says this, Cry aloud before the Lord. O walls of beautiful Jerusalem, let your tears flow like a river, day and night. Give yourselves no rest. Give your, your eyes no relief. Rise during the night and cry out. Pour out your hearts like water to the Lord. Lift up your hands to him in prayer, pleading for your children. For in every street they are faint with hunger. Cry out to the Lord. What do you need to cry out about? What is it in your life that is not right, that gets your gut, that just somewhere makes you want to bury your head in a pillow? What is it? Bring it to the Lord. Lament prayers are two things. They might be a prayers of letting go, grief, allowing something to go. They might be prayers of holding on, refusing to back down. So in my example, for for, uh, example, it could be me in this cemetery letting go of my dad, realising that he would never meet my kids. That's hard. That's, that's really hard. Um, and he would have loved them. And it comes back. The grief comes back, even though it's 12 years ago. I cried uh, two weeks ago. We watched Chariots of Fire, which is a film that dad really loved. And I've processed a lot of grief about dad. I thought really, I'm, I'm done, but you're never done. I thought that um, I just felt quite relaxed watching this film, Chariots of Fire, about Eric Liddell in running in the um, 1922 Olympics, I think it is. And um, all of a sudden, towards the end of the film, as it spoke about the kind of man that he was and the fact that he went after running in that, he went as a missionary to China. And dad used to speak about that. And I just absolutely fell to pieces, <laughs> which is just so healthy. It's so important to be able to do that, to let the taps turn on. What is it that, do you give space in your life for healthy grief to happen? 
because if you do, it helps you let go. And there are things in your life you've got to let go of. You cannot carry it all. Lament is about letting go. So for some of you, you need to let go and say, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this down. I'm going to let go of it. I'm going to allow it to die. I'm not going to fight this because it's gone. I'm going to let it go. Or it could be that you need to lament by holding on. Maybe you need to take something to God to say, no, I'm not backing down on this. No way. This doesn't seem right. That's how I'm praying at the moment for Lauren, Rich's daughter that I was speaking about earlier. Maybe you need to say, no way. I'm not taking this. Absolutely not. I'm going to lament by holding on, declaring truths, declaring promises, making bold statements. So maybe there's something like that, that you need to present to God and say, I am not backing down on this one. And he knows where you're at. So he's not going to be surprised. He's not going to be offended or upset. He's got broad shoulders and a strong chin and thick skin. So don't be fake with God. He can tell it a mile off. So we're going to lament more in our lives, aren't we? But the, the place where we end and the reason why we lament as well is it because it, it leads us to praise and trust. But so often we just go to do that and we just say, yeah, I totally trust you. But we don't really. So you've got to do the processing first. Having done that, though, it is where it leads you to praise and trust. The last few, uh, couple of verses in Psalm 13. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise for he has been good to me. He has been good to me. And I'm able to say that in my life. I am not angry or frustrated or twisted about the fact that my dad died early. I am able to say, having processed so much about the fact that I had cancer, I am able to be in a place of gratitude about having cancer. Now, let me be clear on that. I don't, I don't wish it on anyone and I don't really want to have it again. But what I'm saying is there was so much blessing in that whole process for me personally and for us as a family that I am in a place of gratitude. It's not like I'm glad about it, but I'm able to be in a place of gratitude and contentment about it and say, I will praise the Lord forever, no matter what happens, because he has been good to me. I will choose to worship you, God, whatever happens. Do you want to be able to say that? Can you say that? Are you in that place? Maybe you can't yet, and that's absolutely fine. You don't need to force it, as I've just been saying. But perhaps there is somewhere, a bit of a destination for you to go in prayer there. As you lament, as you use this psalm and maybe some of the other lament psalms, maybe there is a destination for you of being able to truly praise God and trust him with integrity. To be able to say, no matter what has happened in my life, no matter where I go, no matter what twists and turns and unpleasant things happen, no matter what discomforts are ahead of me, it is well, it is well with my soul.